Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features there are completely free, so do enjoy those uh, on us. That's freetalklive.com. Mark, who has uh, come down with something, apparently. He was coughing last night a little bit, and... Coughing more today. Yep, I'm uh, French guessing the wrong people at the Tucker's uh, convention. I you guess. think you were uh, you think we're just up a little too long or something like that? Maybe weakened your immune system a little bit. Something? I'm of the opinion that uh, when you go and shake a bunch of hands, as we did at the uh, New Media uh, Seminar, at, uh, you know, for Tucker's Magazine, that uh, at some point you're going to come in contact with some nasty germs because you know good you're, point. Good you're shaking point. hands of these disgusting hairless monkeys, <laughs> and uh, they carry all kinds of pathogens and. There, that's the problem. Very good, very good. Hey, um, Mark, I got I got a little bit of breaking news here. There's uh, something that people need to know about. There are criminals out there. You need to be aware of people like this. Elm Grove near Milwaukee from the JS Online Journal Sentinel. Tom Edinger knows the backyard fort he built for his children is bigger than a typical playhouse. I'm telling you, this man needs to spend hard time in prison for Mm. what he has done. Two stories, 22 feet tall. Wow. To the peak of its shingled roofs, the split-level stilt fort is hoisted into the air on four telephone poles and has windows and vinyl siding that match his home. It spans about 232 square feet. The best part for Edginger's eight-year-old son, Jack who loves spy mysteries, allegedly, (laughs) is a sliding door that leads to a secret room. Oh, that's fun. The only mystery Jack may be unraveling soon is the location of his fort. By the way, I was being a little facetious with uh, calling these people criminals. I think they're fine. Just a family that built a fort for their son. I'll bet Jack really enjoyed that uh, playhouse while he had it. Does he not have it now? I'm not sure. I I don't know. I think he still has it for now. I see. But if the city gets its way, the village, actually, in this case, not even a city, the village has ordered the Edingers to take down the playhouse by August 31st or face, guess how much, Mark? Guess um, how much? The fine? Yeah, guess how much. Um, these are bureaucrats, and they don't mind tossing around the largest numbers. Mm-hmm. $20,000. Oh, well, you know, it could happen, but uh, it's a daily fine. Oh, so, it's a daily fine, I see. Yeah. Um, daily $500. Oh, okay. You actually highballed them a little bit. $150 a day. Well, it's it's by no means cheap. No, uh, it, certainly it's, it's not. It's more than the mortgage payment on the house uh, on which is the property it's built. Yeah, $20,000, though. Let's see. Divided by 150 That's only 133 days to get to $20,000. It's yeah. not very long. And so $150 a day, the playhouse, which the village officials say amounts to an accessory structure like a shed that requires a permit to build. Even if Edinger had obtained a permit, which he didn't, that's scofflaw. It's too tall and too large. But it's not a shed, say. though. It's a playhouse. But it's an accessory structure, Mark. It's I see. Accessory, accessory structure. Like a shed. I see. And it requires a permit. Because if you don't get a permit, this is what happens. Violent people come onto your property and start making demands. Right. I wonder how dangerous this was for the community. How long has this uh, accessory structure, this play, this child's playhouse with the little secret room that sounds like lots of fun, with this child's playhouse been in existence? How long has it been there? I'll bet you months, and no Maybe. one yeah. has been any the worse off. I'm looking Except at perhaps the, uh, uh, some, some um, nosy little neighbors who just can't keep their own keep into their own business. Well, there's not a a whole lot of photos of it here, but I am looking at one of the pictures. 
and the property's very nice. It's uh, it's a wooded lot. There are obviously trees around the a wooded lot. So um, it's, it's a large lot, and well, uh, I mean, I can't say for sure how wooded it is, but from the angle the photo is being taken, this may be open. This may be opened up to the front, at least um, to the road on the, the front side of the property. But at least the back side and one of the sides of the property is covered by trees. Uh huh. So I mean. Really, there couldn't be too much the neighbors see, would say it. about it. It looks like a lot of fun to me. Yeah, it, it's lovely. It is a uh, a little two story. Well, it's, um, it's two story because it's um it's it's on stilts. It's not really two story. No, there's a second story. There's like a little basement room. I see. So, see I think that's the secret room, and then there's the upper uh, the top room up I there, see. and it's very very nice. Um, it's it's just outrageous what the city is doing or the village is doing in this particular case. It's outrageous but not unexpected. Because this is what these bureaucrats do. Your property is not actually your property to do as you please with. It is the city's bureaucrats, apparently. In this case, um, it could very easily be extrapolated that if these parents don't pay their daily fines of $150 or tear this thing down, then the city could probably put a lien on their home, if not actually just take it from them outright, and put these people and their kids out on the street. Now, is that, a, is that a solution that is acceptable to those of you out there that are okay now, with the idea that, of controlling people's property? If you don't think he'll be put on the street, let me uh, run down the scenario for you. Um, what's the gentleman's name, that uh, the father here? Tom Edinger. Okay, Tom Edinger um, decides, you know what, the city doesn't have any right to tell me what structure I can build on my own property. I'm not going to listen to them. I'm not going to take this down, and I'm not going to pay their stupid little fine. Okay. So the bureaucrats, they don't do anything. They just let the every day goes by. Mine's going to build up and build up. Day, uh, $30, $145. $150 a day. $150 a day racks up day after day, week after week, month after month. It's probably two years go by, mm-hmm. and you're talking some phenomenal amount of money that I... Couldn't. Eventually, it'll be, be worth more than the mortgage. Right. At which point, um, at some point, uh, you know, between halfway the amount of the mortgage and, um, you know, the, the whole mortgage, they decide, we want our money. It's our money, and we're going to sell this property um, on foreclosure. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. they're going to go to the county court steps, and they're going to uh, people are going to and they're going to auction it off, and people are going to bid for it, and somebody's going to buy it, and then that person's going to think to themselves, "Now I own this property. Now Tom's still going to live in the house. Now I don't know what the scenario would be, um, and I don't know why Tom would uh, leave, but you know either Tom's going to leave or he's going to say I'm not leaving, and then at which point somebody's trespassing. Tom is according to the mm-hmm. law, yeah. and the cops will be called. And he'll leave if he leaves as a poor man at that point. He right. will have he'll lost either leave as a poor man or in a casket, one of the two. Yeah, he will have lost all of the value in his home because of these violent people that uh, we call the government. Here's what the director, of the, admini- uh, the director of administration for the city of Brookfield has to say, the bureaucrat. They're temporary structures. Uh, municipalities don't require such play facilities, whether they're store-bought... Or, or excuse me, they don't regulate such play facilities, whether they are store-bought or handmade. He says that uh, he, uh, the city of Brookfield directs only that they be placed a minimum of about 25 feet from lot lines. Wauwatosa Chief Building Inspector David Wheaton said that technically if they span more than 150 square feet, they're supposed to get a permit. But he adds, I've never seen a permit for a play structure in the 28 years I've been here. So I guess what they're doing is they're playing off some of the bureaucrats in other municipalities to the bureaucrats in this particular one. So the other ones are saying, oh, this wouldn't be a big deal if you lived here. 
But he adds, um, it, okay, c- continuing here, it's nearly the same thing in Mequon, where officials could remember only one person getting a permit for a playhouse larger than 150 square feet. Waukesha inspectors once rejected plans a resident presented for a two-story playhouse and made the family lop off the second floor. Why? Because they can. Right, because that second floor is dangerous somehow. In Germantown, where rules are silent about play structures, village officials got involved when neighbors complained about a two-story clubhouse being built in a subdivision's common green space. Village officials ordered that the house be moved onto the family's own property, but they didn't restrict the ritzy fort itself, which an inspector said was built by a carpenter and likely cost about $20,000. The wood frame house on a risen platform had a deck, loft, balcony, windows, inciting, shingle roof, and electricity. We're kind of flying by the seat of our pants, but we're trying to make sure things are safe, Tom Downing, the Germantown electrical inspector, said. Elm, uh, Elm Grove's codes don't specifically mention play sets and houses, but that could change. Village plan commissioners are drafting language to detail what residents must do to erect all but the smallest and most portable structures and swing sets. They might set a 15-foot height limit higher than the fifth, uh, the 10 feet allowed for sheds, so most retail jungle gyms would be allowed. Isn't that um, kind of them? Officials say they want to prevent neighborhood conflicts about encroaching monstrosities. You know what? How hard is it, as someone who's concerned about what their neighbors are going to do with their property, how hard is it to just go and move into a deed-restricted neighborhood? Then you can have all kinds of regulations placed on your neighbors and you. And that if that makes you feel good, if that gets you all excited, then you should go and do that. But how dare you? How dare you tell me what I can do with my property, especially when it comes to, you know, my kids. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show, and you can bring up what you want toll-free. 800-259-9231, the Sankel CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features completely free. That includes updates. You get signed up, we clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Updates.freetalklive.com. Com would be the place to get signed up. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their sa- uh, staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. For Sakel, C-A-I. You know, I was thinking about Sakel yesterday, as a matter of fact. And, you know, there's this this guy, uh, you know, that runs Sakel. I'm yes. not going to reveal his name. He likes to be somewhat um, anonymous. But he's a real stand for liberty. He really uh, believes in liberty to the point that he's advertising on the show has never gotten one single customer out of it. I don't know if that's good to say, Mark. But it, he's got a, he's got an odd... His business isn't exactly designed for, um, you know, Free Talk Live, and it's, it's broad-based audience. audience. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a very general audience. It isn't based... If we for, had a business show, right, then priority That was better. aimed at business owners or something like that. It would be, um, you know, much a much smarter place to advertise. Yeah. And um, to the best of my knowledge, maybe he has gotten somebody, but to the best of my knowledge, he's never gotten anybody out of it, and he still supports the show because he believes in freedom and liberty. So I'm just impressed with the guy. He's a hell of a dude. Yep. And uh, so if you can think of 
anybody that you know. That, yeah, send them a referral. They don't have to be a listener. If you know somebody that uh, is in, you know, has some collections problems, let them know about SACL. Mm-hmm. Send them their way. So, uh, 800-259-9231 is our number. Just a few more thoughts on the Elk Grove situation. This from, the again, the Milwaukee area. The J, uh, JS Online reporting that there's a family uh, that has gone ahead and built a two-story fort, a playhouse, for their kids. And the city or the, the town has come along and ordered them to remove it because they didn't go through the permitting process. And so now they're going to get charged $150 a day if the fort isn't removed by a certain point in time, the end of August. Now, the guy, uh, the dad in this particular case, points out that he did look through the, uh, in 2005, before he built this thing, he did search through the village's website, did not find any rules in regards to uh, playhouses, and uh, called and was told to wait because rules were being drafted. He went ahead and built it anyway. Two years later, someone complained. So there you go, Mark. It was two years. Mm, two was years that thing's been up. Right. And what sort of a, what kind of a person do you have to be to complain about this? A nosy one. What sort of a low-life, busybody scumbag do you have to be to complain about a children's fort being built on their uh, their property? I just, I can't even... Uh, it's just bewildering to me to to even imagine people that think this way, but they're out there. Do you know one of them? Do you have a busybody neighbor story? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So they're uh, they're writing up some rules for the you know for uh, for playhouses. And here's what the village zoning and planning bureaucrat has to say for himself. It's challenging, says Austin Ike. Oftentimes communities take a laissez-faire. Uh, hands-off approach. I think it's clear that such an approach in the long term is not going to be acceptable to the Elm Grove community. This is a community that expects a certain amount of definition, if you will, expects some guidance on these issues. Currently, that guidance is silent, so I believe we're responding to a need. Really? Oh, they're really just clamoring for this, huh? Clamoring for all these rules to follow? I can understand why people want rules in their communities. But really, if you want restrictive rules that keep people from building playhouses for their kids, you need to move into a deed-restricted community. You don't need to bother everyday people who have kids and, uh, you know, they they drive around commercial vehicles and they might want to park a boat in their yard. This is just ridiculous. You little people, you <laughs> you need some guidance. You know, those other areas, they can get away with their laissez-faire operations, but we need to give you people guidance. So look to me. I am the bureaucrat who knows all. I see everything. When it comes to property, you just come to me and I'll tell you what to do. You know, and, and the idea that uh, city bureaucrats, uh, not bureaucrats necessarily, it might be an elected official for all I know, but, um, you know, these people are in any way more qualified than you or I. I have um, a four-year degree from the University of Milwaukee, so I am clearly more qualified than you peons. The professor that taught you had quite a bit more, but I still say he's an empty-headed dolt. All right? When it comes to my property, I know what's best, not some bureaucrat, and I can decide what's best for my property. And that's the way it should be. Yep, it sure should, but it's not that way. And I wish we could change this. You know, if anything good comes out of all this, because, by the way, the uh, the father in this case says that he likely won't take the village to court, even though in the past another family had done that and won. 
he says, I've kind of resigned myself to take it down. We do have some other property in another county where I could move it to. So, you know, he's given in, thrown in the towel. What else is he going to do? You're right. I mean, he's most Take people it to court, right, at which point the, the judge and jury will say, well, yes, in fact, there is a law in the yeah. books that says you can't do it, and because that's what the law says, screw, the, you know, screw whether the law is right or wrong, since that's what the law says, it's okay. Since some, you mm-hmm. know, some elected official who was elected by not all of the people, but by the people who decided to go out and vote in a local election said that this was the way things are supposed to be, and it wasn't even all the people that voted in a local election, it's just the majority of them, so some percentage like... Oh, I don't know, 3% of the population voted for this person? I don't know. It seems ridiculous to me. But if anything good comes out of this, it'll hopefully be that you know Mr. Edinger will take his kids aside, because it looks like he's got at least a couple of them. And he'll take his kids aside and, you know, give them a little talking to, give them a little explanation, because inevitably they're going to want to know, Daddy, why are you you taking down our fort? And so then he'll get to explain to them, well, son, you see, there are these people. They're very, very bad people. Uh, They're called bureaucrats, and they believe that they own our property. And the reality is, son, they they do. Uh, We're all slaves to these people, and they can tell us what to do. And if we don't do it, they're going to hurt Daddy. Now, since Daddy doesn't want to get hurt, we're going to go ahead and comply with their demands. But you know, then sort of you know, go through the explanation for his young uh, young lad and uh, and daughter, and you know, let them know that it's not Dad's fault. It's some stranger. Just a disgusting story. Let's go to the phones. You can take control of the airwaves. It's Kevin in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Kevin. Hey. You're uh, against that business with the Brown family? Am I against the business with the Brown family? With the Ed and Elaine there? When you say am I against it, um, I'm not sure what you mean, but I am in favor of what Ed and Elaine are doing. That's I'm, what I mean. Yes. And against what the federal government's trying to do. Of course, sir. Yes. And they, they said that they, they've shut the power off to them a couple the, times? The power is currently off at the Browns' house. Uh, they are having intermittent phone service, and there doesn't appear to be any sort of a standoff brewing this time. Uh, they're, they're, according to uh, witnesses in the area, there are no federal agents surrounding the property at this point. Uh, but nonetheless, there are a number of extra people that have made it out to the Browns' household, and they are also joining the Browns out there and, and preparing for what appears to be inevitable at this point. Um, the, the feds continue to insinuate that they aren't going to make a move, that they aren't going to use violence. So that's where uh, everything currently stands. And uh, and I am in support of the Browns. who have been out to their house. Of course, we're talking about Ed and Elaine Brown. And, and thank you for the call and the question, Kevin, uh, who are currently holed up. Um, waiting for the feds to raid them over taxes. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Sinkle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. So do enjoy those on us. That includes the wiki, over 1,350 pages created by listeners uh, just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. See what I mean? By heading over to wiki.freetalklive.com. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. 
Go to d2z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. d2z.org. 800-259-9231. We go to the phones to the fun, the show about your calls. Let's talk to Tim in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Tim. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's on your mind? Um, well, I wanted to talk about business and how it would be um, more profitable for them to provide health insurance. You okay. Take, okay. Like to employees, you mean? Correct. Okay. Correct. Now, I know that um, because of the uh, current health care system, the way it is, the government puts a lot of restrictions and a lot of things on what they have to have in the plan. Right. So this would benefit the health insurance companies if they lowered the cost of the plans so that way the businesses could buy them, so that way the businesses could provide health insurance for their workers, say like McDonald's, for instance. McDonald's, I'm not sure if they offer a health care program, but if they do, it's probably pretty expensive and not very good. Hmm. So if they offered a less expensive alternative and a, a pretty decent one, then that would take more people off of the welfare system. Right, so, and, and so you're saying that... off of the welfare system, it's cyclical. Right, so you're saying that uh, if the government re- reduces its level of regulation on the healthcare industry, they would be able to charge less to the businesses, and thereby pass the and the businesses would pass those savings on to the uh, to the employees. Well, not even necessarily that. Now, if the healthcare people themselves were to say um, just plain lower the prices, now at first they would take a hit. But, you know, eventually it would become cyclical where they would be making more money because more people would be bu- would be buying their product. Well, maybe they can, maybe they can only lower their to. prices so much, though. I mean, I, I'm not in the business. Right. I don't know what their margins are like. But, I mean, I imagine there's a fair amount of uh, there's a fair amount of offerings out there that businesses could choose from. So perhaps the, the prices are at market level based on how much regulation these guys have to jump through and their uh, what that does to their overhead. But, I mean, and they would be taxed less. I mean, as every business is overtaxed, uh, everyone's overtaxed. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the businesses would be less taxed because there would be less people on welfare where most of that money is going to. So they would be making profit in turn. Well, I'm all for, I, I'm all for reducing regulations. I think that if you uh, drastically reduce regulations on the industry, well, then I they would have that, that extra, you know, moving, maneuvering room to where they could lower their prices if necessary. Because I know that here in uh, New Hampshire, when I moved up from Florida, just on my car insurance, and I haven't gotten to, gone through getting health insurance yet, I, but I plan on it in the future, um, but my car insurance dropped 100 bucks a co- um, every half a year. So I'm saving $200 a year just for moving from one state to another. And you know that has a lot to do with the fact that there's just less regulation uh, here in New Hampshire than there is in Florida. I mean, what else could it be? I mean, does New Hampshire uh, mandate health insurance? Or I'm not sorry, car insurance? No, No, it does not. No, Illinois does. Yeah, I don't know how many most states know. do. Yeah, I think most of them do. I'm not sure how many don't, but it, believe it or not, people still have car insurance, even though it's not mandated. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing oh, from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to Mark in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Mark. Hey, how you guys doing? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, have you heard about this uh, poll that came out today, the LA Times Bloomberg poll? Is this the one where they excluded Ron Paul? Yeah, exactly. Hmm, funny, isn't it? I am so furious. Now, did I, uh, they? Did they I not? Called, wait. Now, huh? as, I, as I understand it, didn't they include every other so-called second-tier yeah, candidate? I can give you the. I can. I can read you the exact question that's asked right here. Okay. 
says, if the Republican primary or caucus for president were being held in your state today and the candidates were Senator Sam Brownback from Kansas, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich. Oh, no need to read all the names. Yet. We believe you. I don't want to give them any more publicity no, than necessary. Publicity, but it has two people they've even declared, includes Gingrich and Thompson. <laughs> they, I mean, these guys aren't even in the race yet, and they exclude... Obviously, wow. John Paul, who is just kicking butt online, and they want to discredit as much as possible. Yep. I was so furious. I just, it, I'm not someone to really ever believe in any of this sort of uh, you know, idea, the conspiracies, whatever else. But I mean, this is this is boldface right here. Yeah. This is incredible. Right. It makes this you wonder. A, this isn't a conspiracy. This is just all uh, what they're the, either either they're trying to what is it, shut though? Ron out, or they're scared to death wait, of getting wait, wait, spammed. But wait, when you say they are trying to shut Ron the out, LA does, Times. doesn't that sound kind of conspiratorial? The LA Times. It's their poll. It's clear what they did. They excluded Ron Paul. What would be oh, the reason you know what for the, that? The, 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 the most ironic thing, then, is then they put off onto the side a little column. It says, poll, now it's your turn. Cast your vote in our unscientific poll for your favorite Republican candidate or non-candidate for president. And there they include Ron Paul. Mm-hmm. So they can justify, if he does great here, that, oh, that was the unscientific one. Yeah, it's a mess. And it's really sad what's uh, what's going on out there. But luckily, Ron Paul continues on, uh, undeterred from the media blackout that uh, is currently going on. I believe he's going to be on the Colbert Report tomorrow night. So that's kind yeah, of exciting. Yeah, he's supposed to be on the, well, on the 14th, I think it is. I have to double check. Now, they pretty much grill anybody that comes on that show. So, it's, they, I mean, it's a roast, basically. So it should be interesting to see how uh, Ron yeah. handles that. He's been pretty affable so far. And, um, you know, I don't know if a lot of uh, Colbert's jokes will go over his head because Ron's a pretty smart guy. And so we'll see if he catches him and, and how he handles all that. But nonetheless, uh, I don't know. There's no point in despairing. I guess all you can do is, is write them and complain about it. Yeah, I called them. I left messages. I told yeah. them it was disgusting. I doubt you'll hear back from them, but uh, no, who knows? no, no. The only the only thing that is is of somewhat unique interest about this poll is that it involves the name Bloomberg, who has, uh, has said himself that he might consider running independently. And so, if there's any sort of conspiracy explanation here, is that Bloomberg may want to try and cut out someone who could actually challenge him intellectually. Sure. They could go up against people like Giuliani and and uh, whomever else you want to put on the list there. Well, it's uh, it's sad news, and I appreciate you uh, shining some light on it because I wasn't even going to bother talking about it. Just because you know, <laughs> it's just yuck. Right. It's gross. Thanks for the yeah. call. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It is a total, almost total media blackout. These people will do anything they can get away with to exclude Ron Paul from the uh, from any sort of discussion or inclusion in uh, official polls. I mean, how despicable, how shifty. How strange and and you know is it a conspiracy? Is this something coming down from top from the top level, or was just? I mean, it couldn't have been. They couldn't have just accidentally left Ron Paul out. This had to be on purpose. You don't you don't leave one of the candidates out when you know who all ten of them are, especially when you're adding in some alternative candidates. Well, you know, it's clearly a conspiracy. Somebody conspired to leave Ron Paul off. Right, but how high does this conspiracy go up? Was it just the news director that made this decision? Is he under orders from his bosses to not include Ron Paul in coverage as much as possible? How's it work behind the scenes? If you work in the news industry, love to hear from you. 800-259-9231. Let's continue with the calls. It's Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Paula. Yeah, hi, hon. Oh, you're right. This is despicable what they're doing to Ron Paul. But this is uh, something I'm really getting worried about. We have a lot of people here getting sick, and the hospital doesn't know what to do. And hmm. it's funny that you go outside and you start your throat starts burning, Whoa. and your chest starts burning. And uh, somebody thought that it could be this genetic pollen 
genetic yeah, pollen. Yeah, the Monsanto has has, has genetically changed the you know the the plants, <laughs> the crops, and they said it's killing the bees and everything. Yeah, and uh, hmm. but, but I called the hospital. and They said other people have been coming with. Said they don't even know what to do. I don't scary. know. Uh, you know, it certainly sounds questionable. I don't know what to tell you, Paula. I mean, stay well, the inside. Thing is, we need to have people, you know, to find out what, you know, what is going. I mean, if this is what's causing it, what are we going to do? Mm, I mean, get my husband got it pretty bad. I had, I went outside, and uh, all of a sudden, my throat just started burning. Maybe you should wear one of those Michael Jackson masks. You know, the the little operating room. Masks yeah, that they wear. Them out, but uh, the thing is, I mean, everybody can't do it because they said other people coming in, you know, to the hospital with it. So maybe, maybe the mask company has released some toxins in the air in order to spurn sales or spur sales. Thanks for the call, Paula. 800-259-9231. They weren't selling enough hospital masks, so they, you know, figured they'd poison everyone. That's possible, isn't it? Um, maybe not. Eight, I don't know. My lungs aren't burning when I go outside. Eight, what's because we're in beautiful New Hampshire and she's in awful Florida. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. Although we do ask you voluntarily support the show by heading on over to our store and doing a little bit of shopping. Get some Free Talk Live-related merchandise like Free Talk Live beanie hat, the brand-new Free Talk Live ladies T-shirt, Free Marketeer T-shirt. Uh, we've got a variety of different Free Talk Live-branded clothing products, including the brand-new hoodies um, and more. Uh, but we've also got a, an item that's a little unusual for the store. It's the Free Talk Live 2-gigabyte multi-gadget, less than 60 bucks. It's a 2-gigabyte MP3 player. It's a flash drive at the same time, which means you can store any sort of computer files you'd like on it. And it's also uh, it's also a voice recorder. So carry it with you, and if you get pulled over by the cops, you know, let them know you're recording the scene. Uh, there's all that rolled into one plus an FM tuner, all for less than 60 bucks for sale right now at store.freetalklive.com. We're going to go unscreened to the amplifier line. Who is this? You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, Ian. It's Brian from Colorado. Hey, Brian. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I haven't been listening, but I uh, hope this is not a big hot topic because I, I, I need to change it. Well, what is it? Well, we got this canyon right next door to us, and it's a two-lane dirt road, and it's really raining right now. Mm. And when it really rains, you know, we're in the desert, so when it really rains here in Colorado, we get a lot of these flash floods. Got it. So um, there's this canyon, and there's a big, uh, you know, there's a river that's usually just a babbling brook, but it's a pretty white water type thing now. Well, I, I come home today, and there's all the... Uh, Rescue guys, you know, the local firefighter guys, and and uh, I say, what's happening? And the guy said, oh, somebody ended up on the wrong side of the creek. So they, they couldn't get back over because the bridge was built by the county, and so it washes out every year. Mm. So they're on the wrong side. You know, the flash floods come up. Well, I said, well, uh, what are you going to do? He says, oh, we're going we're gonna to bring out the chopper. I said, oh, are they hurt? No, no, they're, they can walk. It's just, you know, they can't get across this uh, this uh, river, which you could get across the river. So it wasn't, uh, there wasn't current in the river that would uh, pull them away and drown them? Well, you'd have to jump maybe five feet. I mean, if it's older people, okay. You know, you'd have to, you'd have to make a little jump at one point. But, but I, I, the, the, the point is, I said, so you're going to bring out the, the medevac to, you know, move these people okay? 
Yeah, you know, that's what we do. And I'm looking at them right now. The, the helicopter is about to land on our on our property. Right. Maybe, uh, no. Can't imagine uh, what the helicopter costs. Yeah, that's exactly. what I was wondering. Exactly. But it's fun. It's fun for the uh, rescue guys to bring it out, and you know everybody that gets a ride. Fun. Everybody gets a ride on a helicopter. Right. That'll be good. Exactly. I've never been well, on a helicopter. There's 20 rescue guys up there for I don't know how many, you know, <laughs> thousand hikers there are to to, to protect. But uh, the 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 point is here that up it's about 1.2 miles on the other side of the stream is the Ranger Visitor Center for this uh, the state park, and it's it's all high trails. All they would have to do is bring one of the ranger guys would have to walk, you know, from the ranger station down, pick these people up, and just guide them back. So it would have taken two rangers, no helicopter, no rescue, no $20,000 project here. So so the rangers could just walk to the area where they are, take them to a different area on that same side where there's a different bridge? No, there's there's no bridge at all. On on that side, well, there's a huge bridge by the the freeway, you know, but that's, you know, Mm -hmm. several miles down. You can get out there. You can drive easily up to the ranger station, get out and walk for 1.2 miles back to where we are, pick up those people, and walk them back. Got it. So this but, completely was unnecessary, this oh yeah. uh, helicopter rescue effort. Oh, yeah. Because it's not their money, right? That's exactly right. Toys, like Mark said. Oh, my yep. goodness. The, uh, the, kid, the guys get to play with their toys, and it'll be fun. And we all get to pay for it. And we all get to pay for it. Now, you know, if, if these people have any money, they might be asked to, you know, contribute... Uh, some money to the rescue, yeah, you know. Does that happen? Somebody's... Do they ask actually yeah. the victims to do that sort of thing? So-called well, victims. It's, it's it's the fire department that's doing this, and and when uh, when uh, my wife got uh, kicked with a horse a few months ago, they were you know Johnny on the spot with mm-hmm. all the you know town equipment, and then later I got a bill for sixteen hundred dollars. Hmm. Wow, that's that's a lot of money. <laughs> do you think that was the full amount? Was sixteen hundred the full amount, or uh, only a partial? I don't know. It was forty a forty mile ambulance trip. Does, does that sound right? Forty dollars a mile? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was more than the than the cost. I don't know. Unbelievable. You know, I've had to take uh, friends to the hospital, and I, I've always driven them because I can just imagine what these you know uh, better am- ambulance costs are. Yeah. Well, she got kicked in the head by a you yeah, know, right, hundred pound horse, horse, and who knows if she had any internal. You know, she was passed out. So. My goodness. But, but I, I would have paid for that. You know, with a private. But I'm not only not paying the uh, the money for this, but I'm also paying. You know. Funding this thing for, with my property taxes. Yeah, I mean, how come that's not, not enough? How come the taxes aren't enough? Why do they have to bill people? Is, I mean, taxes just aren't enough to cover all this bureaucracy? Right, I guess. Yuck. Disgusting. Brian, any other thoughts? No, that's about it. We're just, uh, we'll be drying out tomorrow, I hope. You guys coming up to Porkfest, right? No, we're not going to make it for Porkfest. Oh, we uh, we have bummer. some scheduling difficulties. We will be there in August, though. We're going on a uh, on a college with my kids. We're going to see what, uh, what what kind of colleges y'all have to offer. There. Lots Very of them. cool. There's one right here in Keene, as a matter right of fact. Right there in Keene, that's right. Thanks for the call, Brian. Appreciate okay. it. 800-259-9231, CAI toll-free line. You know, um, talking about uh, officious bureaucrats and the, the, the wasting of money and, and them doing their jobs, my wife went to get her car registered in New Hampshire uh, oh boy. today. Um, oh, by than, the way, that's uh, she's late. What they do you could, mean? They could charge her for that. Well, they, I suppose they could, but... Uh, you know, the terminology, where do you live, is difficult to define. Mm-hmm. Um, I own a home in uh, Florida. Isn't that good enough for me living in Florida? I would hope so. Okay. Um, anyway, she she went to get her car registered today. Yes. And um, 
you know, she had been putting it off, didn't want to do it, and for whatever reason. So she Good goes girl. in there. She calls ahead. Um, says She shouldn't have. It was she, well, she did. She calls ahead and asks all the things that she needs to bring. So she brings all the little pieces of paper, the title, the uh, um, you know, some proof of residency, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. They want to make sure that you live here. Couldn't register a car here if you didn't live here, right? Right. Um, so she brings all that stuff, and on the title of her car, it says her grandfather's name, um, I think his last name's Hosshalter, so mm-hmm. like uh, Carl Hosshalter. Or Laura Edge. And um, oh, wait, it has her name on it as well? As well. And it says okay. or. Got now, it. Um, she had been told by uh, some bureaucrat in Florida that that's fine. They don't need to take him off. Um, you know, she doesn't have to pay to take him off because mm. uh, it's or. Well, um, the people in New Hampshire, they look at it and like, oh, there's two names on here. This just won't do. Could be stolen. And, and um, well, you know, they, they need both people's. If, if it was an and Is situation. Is still alive? He is not. Um, <laughs> no. If it was an and situation where the husband and wife, it would be bad to uh, go and um, you know do something without getting both people's signatures. I see. But it's an or situation. It's sure. Um, you know, Carl Hosshalter or Laura Edge. Makes sense to me. So and it does, and and that's or is a legal term defining you know either party. Yeah. Can do this. Right. Um. So the one the one bureaucrat asks the boss bureaucrat. The boss bureaucrat says, "Oh well, we had a situation similar to this the other month, and uh, we called the state, and the state says that you need to uh, provide a death certificate or you know whatever, or get another signature, that kind of thing." Goodness. And so she had to come all the way home and um, you know go through I don't know how many it, it took her hours to do this to uh, you right. know, go there get they turned don't down come back. No, they don't they don't care at all. Um, they are the uh, they are the bureaucrats, and you will do what they say. So she was all upset. And everything, and I just thought, hmm, bar for the course. Yeah, so now instead, maybe she'll be a little bit more open to uh, getting the government out of car registration. Well, um, it, I don't see that it's really done any good. I mean, what what's the point in registering a car here, <laughs> registering a car there? I mean, it's registered, well, the, right? The point is that the uh, state of New Hampshire will be able to extract more money from you this way. Right, that's what they want to do. Right. So, so what so happened? So state, she, well, she she finally got it done. She went and brought in a death certificate and got a death certificate and got it done. Got it. But so the free state, not quite free yet. Still oh, working. No, certainly on it. not. Now, I, you know, if I'm, I need to just not actually call this the free state because it's kind of misrepresentation. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the home of the free state project, wherein people are moving. Thousands of liberty lovers from around the country and around the world are moving to New Hampshire for the purposes of ha- making a more free state. But you know. It, it's a little bit disingenuous to actually say free state because it's not. It's it, New Hampshire. It's unlikely that uh, somebody who listened to the show the first time would say, "Oh, New Hampshire's the free state. I'm going to sign up for the free state project." Yeah. Um, off I go. Likely they would have to listen over a great period of time. And we're very clear: New Hampshire is not yet a free state. It is a state that's likely freer than the one that you're in, and um, working towards getting freer because the free state project is working on. You that. know, speaking of uh, New Hampshire and the free state project and people moving to New Hampshire, just people moving in general because people do that sort of thing for jobs and for family and for whatever other reasons, maybe loved ones, that sort of thing. Uh, inevitably, when you move, a lot of times you'll want to get a moving company involved. And Mark, apparently you've got coming up here in hour number two, we're we'll try to get to this, the eight moving company tips, things you need to know uh, about moving with a moving company. But real quick, from Sean in New Hampshire, he says, I agree with you that taxes are theft, but I, I don't enjoy the thought of spending time with Bubba in a 6 by 8 cell. So what do you want us to do, says Sean. And so I completely understand the concern. I mean, no one wants to spend time in jail. It's not the place I want to go. But at the same time, if enough people were to, for instance, stand together on taxes, if enough people were to refuse to pay taxes of one sort or another together 
and then back each other up when it comes to the government enforcing the, uh, those particular situations, then they might have a little bit of leverage. Then they might be able to get a little bit of attention, and who knows, maybe the government would back down. We're certainly going to experiment with that up here in New Hampshire, and if you want to sit back and watch, you're welcome to. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching in hour number two. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. Start things out uh, with the eight things you need to know when dealing with a moving company. And this is something that a lot of people are going to come across. A lot of people don't want to have to deal with it themselves. Are we talking about, in this case, Mark, a company that actually takes the stuff out of your house, loads it into the truck? Correct. This is um, tips from a moving company for picking a moving company. Um, And it's from theconsumerist.com. Okay. All right. Now, I've got a cough, as you know, so uh, cover me if I have to lift the microphone out. Will do. Make sure I don't cough into it. All right. Number one, read your order of service. If something is listed as an additional cost, that means they can possibly charge you for that the day of the move. Whatever a salesperson promises, get it in writing on your order of service. So it's good advice when it comes to your order for services, essentially your contract with the moving company, Mm -hmm. and uh, read it thoroughly because whatever they say in there is how it's going to be. Yeah. So Don't get caught with your pants down. Number two, you can accompany your mover to the weigh scale to verify your weight when they leave – when they leave your pickup, so pickup, I guess, being uh, your house, um, you can go and ask the mover to, um, you know, reweigh, um, rather than uh, just trusting what because the, they have these uh, sort of well, a couch weighs this, a piano weighs this, I a, see, you know, a lamp weighs their this. estimate, right? They have right. an estimate and they'll charge you by the estimate, and likely their estimate is going to be high because they're, esti- they're, they're going to be estimate for themselves, not for you. Sure. And uh, so, not a bad idea to accompany them to the weigh scale to verify your weight. Three. Movers do not need to pack items safely in order to assure the same con- – um, movers do need, excuse me, do need, do need to um, pack items safely in order to assure the same condition on delivery as from pickup. Mm-hmm. Make sure your items are packed or you know they're packing um, charges if you choose not to pack your own. So y- you, can't, you can't just assume that you're going to shove everything into a truck and that everything's going to be fine on the way back. Heck no. We, we did that uh, essentially when we moved up here and – some things are broken. Stuff gets break, uh, broken. We, we took that as a uh, risk and decided that we just didn't feel like packing everything. But right. you, you ought to know that the, that's a risk when you're taking it. Absolutely. And uh, we had a generally good experience. However, we didn't use the moving company. We went with the do-it-yourself route. Uh, we did rent a truck from – it was Penske and had very, very good results with uh, with them. They were very, uh, very good – very gr- uh, good prices. The trucks were brand new. Unlike U-Haul, which was just they're just crap. U-Haul well, trucks are they I'm not, suck. I'm sure U-Haul's got some new trucks and some old trucks. Um, I think the whole fleet at Penske's new. We got a very good truck, and, yeah. and we had a very good time with the Penske. Now I didn't drive it; you did. But uh, you know, it was a nice new truck, and and um, things number went well. Number three, I believe we're at number four. Number four. Update your li- um, your items list 72 hours before your move to ensure the most accurate weight. So if you're not going to take accompany them to the weigh station, mm-hmm. at least update your items uh, 72 hours before rather than what you told the salesperson. Okay. Number five, you're always allowed to reweigh, um, which you can 
either request with the company or contact your state weights and measurement department. Uh, weight is much more accurate than cubic feet. And most states are not allowed, it, um, movers are not allowed to work by cubic feet. So I see. This weight thing is apparently very important. They've stressed it uh, on a couple of occasions here. And this is a moving company. They know what they're talking about. Right. They know if there's any way that somebody's going to uh, get the upper hand um, above you in a, in a deal. It's this. They know how to do it. Number six, boxes add more weight. And I'm not sure exactly what this means. Do they mean the yeah. cardboard itself? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, maybe a little bit, but not much. If you tell a salesperson that you have 20 boxes and the movers pick up 100, your weight can change considerably. Example, 80 boxes at an average weight of 20 pounds or 1,600 pounds. I, this, that particular thing just doesn't make any sense to me. Obviously, it's about weight again. Um, if, yeah. you, if you have them weigh if, if they, if you have them weigh it and you pay, you're charged by the pound, then you're getting a fair moving rate, I guess. I mean, as long as you've negotiated the poundage. Seven, moving companies have legally 30 days to deliver you items, but the general delivery spread is 7 to 21 business days. Mm -hmm. If you're not paying for an expedited shipment, understand that they cannot always guarantee a specific day, only a delivery spread. Hmm. So be prepared. Um, the companies it likely take between 7 and 21 days and as many as 30. So, well, what would be the reasons that a uh, family or whoever would would engage in this? Is it there? You know, maybe I suppose you could be too old and. Weak. Do you remember what it was like packing your house and you have almost nothing? Well, um, it was a ter it was a it was a long arduous ordeal. We, we well, spent that was because you. That, well, that was because your stuff took up more than half of the oh. moving truck and was made it very difficult to fit everything in. Because you had to keep all the tchotchkes and crap that you you've been given over the years. I'm older than you are, pal. Yeah, I've, I've earned that's more no money excuse. in my life. No Number excuse eight. For I, I, I don't think that that's the reason. Um, I really don't. I mean, I think that the uh, the issue is just it's you know it, it takes it's it's a pain in the butt to move stuff. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Eight content of boxes need to be verified for shipment if they're valued over one hundred dollars. If you're moving DVD players, DVDs, video game systems, etc., show the movers and make sure it's labeled on the inventory. Mm -hmm. So that's um, from the movers' perspective. Here's some. Um, Anyway, that's I don't know which one is more of a huge hassle, though, having to inventory every single thing in your house. I mean, that sounds like a major uh, pain in the butt. I don't think I would want to be involved in that. Just throw the stuff in a box, throw it in the back of a truck, and get going. Well, if somebody puts a, uh, you know, if, if your um, the, the moving pile shifts and your dining room uh, chair ends up through your uh, priceless Monet, then uh, you'll probably <laughs> think that, oh, I wish I'd inventoried that. Yeah, you should have FedExed the Monet, then. Likely, I think. I, is that what I did with my? I know I had my paintings packed. I have a few, uh, you know, paintings that are worth at least mm. a little something, and and I gotcha. packed them. I believe I had them packed, but I put them in the moving truck. So there you go. So the overarching theme there: wait, wait, wait. Be yes. careful. You know, don't take their word for it. Go and check it out. And if you've got a customer that's fastidious like that, a customer that's really kind of keeping an eye on the things you're doing, they may be a little bit less likely to try to scam you. You know, if if you actually accompany them to the way station and 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 are an, a customer that's interested at least that far, then they may just say, okay, well, you, you can't pull one over on these guys. We should probably be straight on this one. And of course, maybe go with recommendations as well. Don't use any, uh, you know, a, a mover you've never heard of before. Um, go with one that's got a track record. Maybe talk to some uh, some former customers. You know, see what they thought. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to Jason in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Jason. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. What's on your mind? Uh, I'm just, uh, you know, been thinking about uh, the, what's going on in the Middle East right now. Guys, what is going you know, on? on uh, well, you know, what I think is going on is that uh, the West is basically spreading its 
influence into uh, the Middle East. You know, they want, we want to control the oil. I think that it's a, it's an imperialistic move, but I just don't know if whether or not the United States is, really has it in it to to act uh, the way in which you know, see, the Roman Empire did. You know, I mean, I don't think that I think we would have used our nukes by now if uh, we thought the way the, the Romans did. Mm-hmm. Well, the Romans, and, uh, um, the Romans we're trying left... to win this war in a politically correct way. The, the Romans and, pretty much left the. Uh the governments intact and uh, allowed people to have their own uh, religions. That was sort of their system. Not when they rose up. I mean, look at what happened to uh, you know to Judea. Uh, you know, in right you know, in, in the, the Roman Empire, you had the right to complain and pray. Now you didn't have the right to do anything else. So if your complaints turned into uh, rebellion, then you had a real problem with the uh, Roman Empire. But if you, you know, if if your, you know, local government did nothing but uh, raise a little fuss here and there, no big deal. And I'd also say historically, when you look at how uh, insurgencies have been put down. I'd say the classic uh, example is the Boer War, and uh, you know the way in which the English, you know, fought the Boers uh, by the rounding Dutch people up and putting of, them in concentration camps. That's the, that's the Dutch settlers really of uh, Africa. Excuse me. The Dutch settlers of Africa. Yes, the, the Boers were the Dutch settlers of Africa, and also I'd say that uh, the way in which the Malaysian uh, insurrection was put down by the by the British by basically just rounding up everybody and just shooting everybody in mass. Right, there's different I mean, types we, we of could. empires. Um, what you're what you're picking out is is the, the you know the big massacres and the uh, terrible atrocities. Well, that's how you put down you know an, an insurrection is by by doing that. I mean, Mao Zedong had a saying that uh, basically that the guerrilla you know warfighter you know swims within the sea of the civilians. Not if not if you, it doesn't matter if you if, 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 hold on just a second if you, if you don't um, care whether or not you lose troops. In the um, insurrection, if, if the, uh, the empire doesn't care if its troops are lost in the insurrection, then you don't necessarily have to do that. And if the big companies really don't care if American soldiers die. They really don't care if Blackwater uh, you know, consultants well, I think die. I want to have a war that lasts 50 years instead of a few days. And if we drop nukes, that we could basically... The companies aren't paying for it. You are. Hours. Yeah, it's more profitable if it goes 50 years. Instead of just yeah, dropping yeah. a nuke or something like that. And, and, of course, it's all unacceptable to me. Thank you for the call. You know, we need to get the hell out of there. That's the solution. No more violence, please. I've had enough. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. My name's Ian. And my name's Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, including the archives. We have an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloaded convenience. So enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 18th through the 24th. That, by the way, is less than a week from now. At Porkfest, you'll be able to talk with New Hampshire natives and those who've made the move, as well as hear and discuss the progress and future of the Free State project not to mention you'll get to meet ian and mark because we're going to be broadcasting live there from uh, or on our saturday night show we will be broadcasting live at Porkfest, and a number of our listeners are going to be attending so a lot of the callers that you hear on this show will actually be in attendance at Porkfest, and that's going to be kind of exciting in fact i wonder maybe uh, tom in new hampshire tom are you going to be attending Porkfest this year well, I might show up. I haven't really uh, uh, thought about that. It, you know, I might show up one of the days of it. Very you know, good, very good. Well, be, hopefully you'll choose be Saturday because I think it'd be interesting to uh, to actually meet you face to face. Yeah, and uh, I wanted to uh, point something out. The latest 
double victims uh, happened uh, Sunday morning. Okay, and that's uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska. 20-year-old Joshua Milana and 18-year-old Morgan Hornbaum were on their motorcycle. Joshua and his girlfriend, they're riding down uh, on 84th Street. And allegedly, a 39-year-old uh, suspect cut them off driving drunk mm. and uh, killed them. Oh, no. Okay. So these guys, so, these two will be uh, included in the numbers that say, uh, you know, teen drunk driving accidents. But they're... Oh, yeah. They're, they were only, sober. Not only were they uh, the victims of a uh, probably, you know, I mean, of an allegedly drunk driving crash, but they are also victims of the state's drinking age laws. These laws do not protect people under 21, obviously. And then uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving gets to include these double victims, as does the uh, uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, as, uh, you know, the, the 15 through 20 age group, uh, they, they count them. They also make up some of these numbers. Like, let's say uh, I mean, we've all had these uh, situations where we're skidding, you know, on the snow. You're trying to stop, and luckily, I mean, usually you don't hit anything. Mm -hmm. But you skid through the stop sign, let's say, and you hit a taxi driven by a 19-year-old cab driver who is also sober, just like you are, of course, because we don't drive drunk. Sure. But the passenger of the taxi happened to be a drunk that just got picked up at a bar who knows better than to drive drunk, gets huh. in a taxi if... The passenger has been drinking, then they say, "Aha! Alcohol was involved." Alcohol wow. related. Much, yeah. Now uh, that's uh, amazing, by the way. That's yeah, despicable. Yeah, that that point. So they're making up these numbers. They're fabricating them. But gee, why do you suppose the Nebraska legislature would rather impose underage drinking laws on responsible drinkers than impose tougher drunk driving laws for on? Uh, drunk driver. Now, now is, it really, is there really any evidence, though, that tougher drunk driving laws does anything to stop drunks from driving? Uh, uh, I think yeah, some, there are some measures that will help, but we, we could ask uh, Nebraska State Senator uh, Danielle Nankus of Lincoln, Nebraska, why that is. Uh, she just happens to be on probation right now. Her driver's license is being held by the court because last mm. Valentine's Day, uh, she was driving around drunk and crashed into a front-end loader that was plowing snow. Yikes. And, uh, yeah, she pled guilty to that one in court. Uh, and it seems this isn't the first time that uh, she's been caught driving drunk. Well, either. I hope, I hope the front-end loader was okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the front-end loader is okay. I, don't, I mean, the, the people who drive drunk and kill themselves, well, we kind of like to tell them, look, you really don't want to drive drunk. First of all, they're, they're endangering everybody else on the road. That's the, the real problem. But it is kind of a secondary problem. We, uh, I mean, certainly the government doesn't have any right to forbid you to drink yourself to death. But somebody walking by that says, hey, do you really, you know, has every right to uh, explain to them, you really don't want to drink yourself to death or, or to warn them or whatever. You know but, what I'm saying? Yeah. By the way, I'd like to point out that uh, you are actually going to be one of our new advertisers on the show, Tom. You, uh, you have an organization. It's Underage Drinkers Against Drunk Driving. And the website is udadd.com, udad, with two Ds, dot now, I'm not sure that Tom wanted to uh, reveal that information. Oh, but... I'm sorry about that. Is, is well, that not the uh, case? Did you, you got that payment, though, right? Yeah, we did. We did. So we're going to be starting now, your commercials you, pretty you know, soon. Here's one thing about 
sending people money orders. First of all, when you send, pay, make a payment by money order, the government will never know about it, of course, unless yes. some blabbermouth calls up a radio talk show and tells everybody. But uh, there is a, a little bit more level of privacy because it, it's tougher to find the records of them than it is to find, let's say, your checking account information. If you're buying money orders at all, all different stores in the area where you live and the area where you work, keep in mind you've got all these different outlets selling money orders and you pay cash for them. And the advantage there, uh, even it's worth the price because uh, you don't wind up having checks bounced because somebody... Uh, wrote you yeah, I'm a fan of money orders. Uh, you know, so, you can actually get a lot of the in some places in the country. Walmart will sell them to you for free, or some of the check cashing places. Amscot, Amscot uh, will do it for free. And I don't know if I was not supposed to reveal that. I apologize, but I believe he had mentioned his organization before on uh, the air I, with I us. I don't know. I, all I knew that it was that uh, he hadn't told me to mention it. So here's the the thing about uh, check cashing stores. Let's just say, for example, they start with twenty thousand dollars in cash in the morning, they can cash $50,000 worth of checks. How do they do that? If they sell $30,000 worth of money orders during Ah. the day, people buying their money orders to pay their rent and pay their bills, so they charge a low fee for that. They want people to come in and buy money orders. They tend to charge half a dollar, uh, stores, grocery stores and such, a dollar or less, so definitely don't buy them at the bank. And you know what? Never, never buy them at the post office, ever. Why? They'll fill out paperwork on you. Um, they've got uh, little sheets uh, behind the, the counter, and if you're acting suspicious, uh, I mean, there's all sorts of reasons that they'll fill out paperwork, so not ever a good idea to engage in purchasing money orders from them. Tom, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from yep. you. 800-259-9231. Let's, oh, and by the way, there are also uh, certain levels at which uh, money orders trigger cash transaction reports, um, so... You will fr- probably find that out if you ask for too much. I know that it was somewhere around $850 down mm. south. Um, so if you if you bought more than that amount, then they would require that you show a driver's license and that sort of thing. So if you want to avoid any sort of reporting requirements... As though you need to be able to drive in order to uh, you know get a money order. Well, they would want to see some ID. I, I presume that would be what they would use. Uh, so you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Coming up... There's a situation that has that uh, developed, I think it was probably early last week, on the Internet, that a lot of people have become fairly upset about. It has to do with privacy, or at least that's what some people are claiming, but I think they're getting it wrong. Google has now essentially taken street-level view photos of, I think it's four or five major cities in the United States, San Francisco, Denver, Las Vegas, Miami, and New York City. And they've essentially gone up and down almost every single street taking pictures. A lot of people are upset about this. I want to talk about it coming up. 800-259-9231. But your calls are primary. So we still need to talk to Nick in South Dakota and Brian in Florida. And your calls as well. Ladies, you come first if you make the call. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. So do enjoy those on us. And that does include, by the way, the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens and dozens of ladies have taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Plus, you need to know that, uh, well, first of all, you need to know that uh, if your hard-earned wealth is at risk, if you've got a business, there's a one in three chance that you'll be named in a lawsuit in the next year, and that lawsuit could destroy your business and leave you penniless. And KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering what you've earned. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. That's KeepYourAssets.net. As we go to the phones and to the fun, it is Brian in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Brian. Hey. What's on your mind? Um, I wanted to talk about, um, uh, it's not really a controversy, but it's something you said to uh, Tom a few days ago about... Um, about violence against uh, status. Yes. Um, and you said that, and it's been repeated many times that um, that it's not something that that Free Talk Live advocates, and I understand that. This right. It's kind of a hard call for me to make because I'm not a violent person and don't promote violence either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, I did want to talk to you because it seems like you hold two contradictory um, opinions. On the, one hand, on the one hand, you, um, you take a libertarian stance that says that I don't believe in using violence for political or social gain, mm-hmm. but then on the other hand, you say you don't believe in collectivism. Well, the very words, political and social, are collectivist terms. So um, what really, you're saying is that Ian doesn't advocate the initiation of force. Um, for political or social gains, but in fact, these other people are initiating force against him, so why doesn't he um, use force back? Is that what you're saying? Right. In essence, there's either us and them, or there's you and me. Well, And, um, and you, can't have, you can't have both. I mean, it's either I, I'm either interacting with individuals who are either being violent with me or not, and, or I'm interacting with people who belong to groups. Right, I see where I totally see where you're coming from, Brian. And um, the, the way I would address that is that we shouldn't lower ourselves to their level. Now, you and I both oh, understand I agree with that. It's not wise. You and I both understand that government is, a, you know, it's a fantasy that is unfortunately very widely held in the American population. It's a bunch of people using force in order to get their way. Um, now they happen to wear shiny hats and badges, and they, you know, they make themselves look very fancy. But they really aren't. Uh, there's really only a few degrees of difference between them and the mafia. And I think those, the only real difference is that, uh, well, people believe in the government. They believe that it's okay. They believe that when the government uses force, that it's all right. Um, so, unfortunately, if you are to use violence against government agents, then inevitably that's going to make you look like the bad guy in the eyes of the news media and the and the public. And and again, it's also lowering yourself to their level. So I, I you know I can't possibly make that uh, to to advocate that. And Brian, the uh, the non-aggression I, I statement. Agree. Hold on, Brian. The non-aggression statement that you you mentioned, you paraphrased there earlier, is um, it's a contract to not aggress. It's not a contract that says that you're required to use violence if aggressed against. And 
And right. so if if I chose if you're a libertarian and I chose to hit you in the mouth, you could and um, from a libertarian standpoint be completely justified in initiating for, uh, in using force against me because I have just used force against you. But right. because you choose if you choose not to does not in any way um, you know uh, make mean you surrender your libertarian uh, you know membership card or anything like that. Right. Um, because it's the smart thing to do in a given circumstance doesn't mean that you're um, you know required to do it. Got it. I, I don't dis- I don't disagree that it's the, the smart thing to do to not aggress um, when faced with overwhelming force. What I'm that saying be aggression. is that uh, right. I, I'm saying. It's it's um, it's well within a person's right. Right. I, I would totally agree that it's um, from a libertarian standpoint, it is within a uh, person's right. No one is going to understand that you're within your rights. Right. Few people are going to understand, and you're likely going to die and be painted as a nut job by exactly. the media. This is so, an educational fight. So you first, people have to be educated that the government is force, and then, um, and only then, would you, you know, and at that point, you likely have won and wouldn't need to use violence against the government that is force. And unfortunately, the most one of the most effective ways to show people that government is unbridled force is to allow them to use that force on you and um, and become victim to it. I wish it didn't have to be that way, but unfortunately, if you retaliate, then again, the, the news media and everybody else paints you as the bad guy, and then there's no, you know, then you've just lost. Then you lose, you, you get hurt or possibly lose your life, and the movement doesn't actually gain from it at all. So, you know. I don't disagree with that. What I'm saying is that if we point out an instance they don't even have to be libertarians, but a lot of what a lot of what you do in education is you're talking. And if we point out an instance where uh, an individual, maybe a libertarian or not, use violence uh, in response to a violent act by the status, mm-hmm. and we say that hey, they were well within their rights. We, we do that. Um, uh, we're doing that now. We're, that's what we're doing when it comes to the Ed Brown situation. I'm saying that Ed Brown, I support Ed Brown and what he's doing. I, I don't necessarily um, advocate that. Be, Ed Brown is not advocating um, initiated force. He's going to defend himself when the government comes to attack him, presuming that that's what they do. And in that case, I'll continue to support Ed Brown because he did not actually go out and try to assassinate the, the people that are out there threatening him. He's waiting until they actually make the move in order to fight back, in which case we'll do our best to give the Ed Brown situation as much of a positive spin as we can. However, we're going to be one of the few voices out there doing that. Most of the news organizations are already painting him as a kook. They're painting him as a, uh, you know, somebody who's holed up in his so-called compound, and they're they're getting ready uh, to report Ed Brown's ultimate demise, and they aren't going to take a friendly position towards Ed Brown, and so we'll do our best out here, you know, with our little show to try to counteract some of that, but the fact is the major media is... Uh, a little bit more powerful than we are. No doubt. So there you go. Thank so you very much. do you still find that uh, contradictory position at all? I, I, I do in that, in that what we're doing is, is we're, saying, we're saying on the one hand that, um, that there is no group, there are no groups, and yet on the other hand, we, we, give, them, we give them special birth, if you will, um, where you know we won't res- we won't respond to them in um as people you know uh if somebody walks up to you and they say uh, may I see your driver's license we tell them well why do you need to see my driver's license you know but uh, if they're wearing a a uniform we hand it over 
Right, and and uh, and I guess I have to ask you, Brian, is how much of this have you actually engaged in personally? I mean, how many cops have you refused to show uh, your ID to? How many you know cops have you shot when they've tried to put handcuffs on you? Well, I don't. I, like I said, I don't. I don't believe in violence for, but for another reason, not because I'm a libertarian. Um, but on the other hand, I'm. I haven't really had any encounters with police officers since I've come to the liberty movement. So. Um, if I, I would ask them, uh, you know, today I would say, well, you know, why do you need to see it? Who are you? They're saying, then they would How say, I'm giving you, you an are? order. I'm an officer of the law. Step out of the car. And then it, then it escalates from the there. Law. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge yeah. escalation from there. Believe me, I did something similar at the airport in Manchester, and it escalated big time. I had, um, you know, by saying, I don't want you to touch me, I had eight cops and a dog surrounding me. Well, hey, they go I, really I, quick listen. to violence. That's the price we got to pay. Well, no, it's yeah. not. No, we should I, not I, pay I really, that price. I really disagree, Brian, because if I would have, um, you know, fought back in that particular instance or whatever, if I would have not taken my trip to Florida, would have stomped your I head in. Right, I would have either gotten my butt stomped, um, or I would have not made it to um, um, to my location that I needed to go for right. business purposes. And unfortunately, oh, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying that eventually you have to give in. What I'm saying is that we need to question it every at, at every turn. We need to say. Every, you know, we need to question them every. I don't think that time. that worked. Why I don't think that? it worked in this particular, in my particular instance, questioning them. It worked because better. I wasn't able to sh- to make any point. All Quest- I was able to show them is that, in fact, they're they're stronger than I am, and they right. crushed my will. Br- uh, Brian, questioning is more effective with administrative bureaucrats than it is the ones carrying the guns, because they will take it personally and they'll use force on you. And the administrative ones that are pushing pencils, they, they don't have can't. a gun. Right. So thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I certainly support questioning bureaucrats, but the ones with the guns on their hips, you have to treat them with kid gloves because they are violent, dangerous thugs. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, though we do ask you voluntarily support the show if you like what we're doing here on the program by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. That's less than the cost of, you know, a chicken sandwich at Burger King. Um, I mean, that's darn cheap. What we do with the money, though, is Buy chicken sandwiches? No. It's pretty powerful, as a matter of fact. We take that money in and we turn it around into promoting the show. We uh, buy half-page ads in Talkers Magazine. We've got an affiliate relations guy that we've hired that goes out calling radio stations all day for us uh, to try to get more stations on board, or at least a part of his day, because he calls a couple other for a couple other shows. But nonetheless, um, there's, there's money being well spent, in my opinion, that is helping us get more radio stations on board in order to spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. And we just came back from a very productive talk radio convention in New York City, which the amplifiers um, paid for um, in order for us to go and sort of schmooze it up with the radio industry bigwigs. And by the way, it was very, very, um, it was a very useful convention this year. People were approaching us. They did not approach us last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we People. might as well have been on fire last year. Uh, you know, nobody came. You know, nobody came to talk to us. Uh, but this year, much better. I think people actually wanted to talk to us. Um, the hey, let's not forget that uh, a, a talk show host that's in our time slot that we compete with, Rusty Humphreys, recognized us and said our name. 
Yep, he knew who we were. Yep. Um, which that's a good sign. All these things are good things, and it's all it's all possible because of the AMP dollars. So if you want to learn more about the program, go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll find out about the AMP perks that you get, like access to the AMP only call in lines, the AMP only chat room and forum, and more. All those details are there. But I want to point something out because every time we go and do something with the AMP program, something visible like going to a convention, inevitably the critics come out of the woodwork and. There was a post on the Free Talk Live BBS recently about how amplifiers are paying for Ian and Mark's New York City vacation in was a the, posh hotel. My question is, uh, was the post by an amplifier? It was not. Okay. Well, um, there's your first indication that this is just people sniping. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And uh, but, but that's okay. It's a fair. I think it's kind of a fair critique. I, I mean, don't we think were it's staying, fair at all. Well, now hold on. We were staying in a two hundred and Forty dollar a night hotel, and after taxes, it was three hundred something dollars. So I, I can understand that. I can understand the you know the mentality of okay, well you're spending our money, so you should go and s- sleep in the Super Eight uh, for a hundred bucks a night. And I understand that, but unfortunately. There are certain reasons why we have to stay in the hotel right. conventions we conventions at. The reason we're going is to rub elbows, and one of the ways you rub elbows is in the hall of the hotel. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, by getting there, if you have to travel across uh, Manhattan in order to get where you're going, it could take an hour or an hour and a half, and we could miss uh, you know parts of the convention. We could miss that golden opportunity to talk to somebody. Right. And then we're just putting more money in the hands of the New York City government. As I far mean, as we had a meeting with the uh, vice president in charge we, of um, uh, we we met we had a meeting. With with our consultant, I don't know if we should. I don't know if we should name names. Okay, well, I was just going to give a title. Yeah, a vice president of. Uh, we don't need to name what company though. Okay, uh, a He's vice a president wig. in charge of uh, programming for a major radio company out yes. there. We had a meeting with him in our hotel room. Um, well into the evening, uh, I think it was probably close to midnight when right. he left. And this isn't for uh, this isn't for business changes or anything like that. This is a consulting thing for the show, like tips on. Are you running telling the me that's network. not um, networking for a possible possible slot on that particular network? No, that's exactly what I'm telling you. I'm very happy with the Genesis Communications Network. I, I and how agree, they've been I, agree us. With, I, I understand um, that, but I mean, you know, he could say something to the right uh, station that could get us on board. I mean, networking is networking. I don't want to leave yeah. The and purpose go anywhere. of that meeting is to uh, improve the show, the, co- the quality of the show, Mark. That's why we were doing that. We sat and listened to a, a portion of our program um, with him and, you know, took some But critique. he's an in- influential guy in the radio oh, business. Absolutely. And he has lots of friends. Yeah. Um, he's been in the business for 20-something years. He could likely, his best friend could be at WOR in New York and get us on. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, and so, you know, us palling around with him, being seen with him, you know, makes us more legitimate. And you know, there's this whole process. And if we were staying at the Super 8 halfway across town, we wouldn't have been able to as effectively do these things. So, no. And if anybody thinks that I'm taking my vacation and sleeping in the same bed with you, they are <laughs> out of their ever-loving minds. Yeah, if you were going to go on a vacation, it wouldn't it's be with you. Presumable that your wife would be in attendance. Right. And it, we wouldn't be sleeping in the same bed. Right. And this was work. Um, it was de- definitely was. So I just wanted to clarify that. And you know what? If you don't like how we're spending the money, don't send it to us. You're not being forced to. It's your choice. If you don't like what's going on, or one of the other critiques was, well, I wish you guys would spend more money on Internet advertising. Because as I mentioned, 99% of our money is going to recruit more radio stations. Mm-hmm. Um, take some of your money and go and buy some in- Internet ads on our behalf. I'm not going to stop you. If you want us to do more Google AdWords advertising, as this person was suggesting, go ahead and do it for us. That'd be wonderful. I just that's just not where I'm ready to focus the uh, the money. Right. right if now. we get amp dollars, this is where we're going to spend it. Right. 
800-259-9231. So all the details there at amp.freetalklive.com. Ladies first, it's Laura Lee. I think, at least I think Hi, it's a lady. Hi, guys. How are you? You're listening on KGEZ. We're doing great. What's on your mind? Good. Um, well, first-time caller, yes. I wanted to bring up a subject that I feel like is a solution to the future of our planet. Sure. Um, this includes environmental, global warming, oil prices, electricity, food, clothing, gas, oils, paints. Okay. Uh, you know, the effects of chemtrails, genetically engineered food, and that is the hemp. Hemp. Industrial hemp. I knew it was going to be hemp. Yeah. It's amazing stuff. It is. And I feel like if we, you know, succeed from the union, that's our only chance. It certainly would be a uh, improved chance. Everything yes. we need, purifying our air and water, and what we cut a tree, you know, our acreage as far as five acres of hemp is well, one acre of wood is five acres of hemp. Five acre, um, one acre That's of hemp is five acres of wood. Yes. Correct. Right. Now, um, is Montana expecting to secede from the union sometime soon? We're talking about it. I haven't seen I any news stories. Do. But I believe you have to have five states at once to do it. I don't think you need anything I've like that. I've never heard of anything like that. I know here in New Hampshire, the, there's actually a provision in the state constitution which reserves New Hampshire's right to secede, if you believe states have rights. But, right, they uh, passed this constitution before they ratified the United States Constitution. New Hampshire? I don't know. I, that, all oh, I know about is New okay. Hampshire, so I can't speak for your, yeah. uh, your state. Yeah. But nonetheless, I think, it's a, I think it's a good I'm, thing I'm either way. I'm begging for people to... Wake up, you know, because this is our only chance. Well, it's certainly an important crop. It it's an important plant. It would really make a big change in, uh, in I think, the economy. I think uh, paper, as far as we trees are concerned, go away. We wouldn't foreign trade anymore. We wouldn't well, need, there's nothing you know, wrong with foreign trade. Foreign trade's healthy. It's good. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, quick question for you. Um, is it Laura? Is it pronounced Laura Lee? Laura Lee. Laura Lee. Yes. Okay. Are you related to Dave in New in, uh, no, in Montana? No, I do know Dave, and we've been on the edge, but I'm trying to get out to everybody I can about this. Very good. Keep up the good work. We might be doing some uh, hemp and marijuana-related civil disobedience up here in New Hampshire. Of course, we'll keep you up to date when the, uh, when and if that happens. And thank you for Great. the call, Laura and Lee. let people know that you know it has nothing to do with marijuana because that's where the fear is. And well, there's no reason to fear that because the male plan is hemp. I understand, but I want it all. Marijuana. I want freedom. I want freedom from uh, you know the male and the female. I would Long like to be it. able to you know I, I no don't. Doubt. Yeah, I'm going to take the uh, the pro freedom position. And otherwise. Laura Lee, thank you for the call. We appreciate thank hearing you. from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I mean, hemp is definitely a good product. Definitely something worth talking about. But let's talk about freedom. Let's talk about the freedom to grow whatever crop you darn well want to on your property without having some federal government goon squad come in and uh, and rip it out. 1-800-259-9231. By the way, I wanted to rebut something that uh, Brian had mentioned earlier from Florida. He uh, had sort of suggested that we believe in groups here on Free Talk Live or that I believe in groups. And I, I think that there are such things as groups. It's a concept that exists in people's head. And uh, To you deny know, that people believe in groups would be foolish. 
Right. Um, I believe that I'm a member of the Free State Project, which is a group of a bunch of individuals. Now, I understand the difference between a group and an individual. I understand that a group is a bunch of individuals who all have divergent beliefs. They all um, have differing belief systems in various different ways. But for whatever reason, they've decided to come together under one particular heading in order to accomplish a certain goal. So in the case of the Free State Project, it's liberty lovers who've all agreed to move to the same state, in this case New Hampshire, in order to become activists for liberty. That's a real thing. I mean, the group itself may not have a consciousness, and I think that's what maybe the collectivists would like you to believe, that there's some sort of group consciousness out there in the ether. That's not the case. There are individuals making individual decisions, and one of those individual decisions can be to ally oneself with other individuals. Now, when it comes to the group calling themselves the government, or the individuals calling themselves the government, then you've got people who are, again, under the belief system that there is this thing called the government. And what it doesn't really matter what you and I say, they're not going to stop believing it because somebody's signing those paychecks. As far as they're concerned, that group is real too. And that group is a dangerous one. Whether or not it really exists or not, there are really individuals who believe it does, and that's all that matters is whether or not what they think. Hour number three is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231 as we launch into hour number three of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there, completely free. So enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phone. So start things out because it is the show about your calls. International call from Sweden. It's Liam. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey there. Hi. Um... I'm calling with some bad news from Europe, but Uh-oh. it's more strange news than bad news. Hmm. Um, you've talked about smoking bans in, on Free Talk Live before. Yes. This smoking ban is different because it's in Amsterdam. Okay. And uh, the country of uh, the Netherlands have passed a national smoking ban that applies to wow. coffee shops. Hmm. Now, does the, that mean the that the strange they... thing is is that it only applies to tobacco? It doesn't apply to marijuana. <laughs> that is very, very strange. Yeah, that is a little strange. You, it's legal in Amsterdam to smoke uh, a joint in a bar, but it's not legal to smoke a cigarette. Yeah, and the weird thing is, a lot of people in Europe they uh, they smoke marijuana, they smoke hash mm-hmm. that they mix with um, tobacco, right? Which they won't be able to do in the to, in the coffee shops now. Oh, yeah, because that's huge in Europe. Most yeah, I'm not people sure why smoke it, it is, that way. But hash is a lot more common. Yeah, most people do that. They uh, they mix it together with the tobacco to uh, to smoke it, and so that's going to be uh, killing that off. Apparently, do do you think that the uh, the bar owners will have uh, business suffer? Will the uh, the people who previously smoked uh, marijuana with tobacco just cut out the tobacco and go straight marijuana or hash? Yeah, I wonder what they'll do. Like if if the the coffee shop owners are going to go around and smell like smell the difference between the tobacco smoke and the and the marijuana smoke, it seems really strange yeah. if they're going to go around like picking apart people's joints. Right, that seems really difficult. Trying to, trying to discern, determine um, who in your bar is smoking what. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot yeah, of really young really tobacco out there that people mix with marijuana, um, you know, and they'll, they'll mix the tobacco together, and then they'll roll uh, a cigarette, a homemade cigarette with it, and it looks like, just like a joint. 
I really thought Amsterdam would be immune to smoking ban legislation, but it appears nowhere is sacred. Apparently right, and not. you said this is a national le- piece of legislation. This wasn't just Amsterdam, because Amsterdam is just the uh, it's just a city in the Netherlands, correct? Right, yeah, this is the whole country uh, comes into effect uh, next year. Wow. Can you imagine that, Mark, a federal ban here in America on smoking? That'd be pretty outrageous. Well, I mean, I don't think we're that far away no, from No, I don't it, think honestly. we are either. You're right about that. Liam, any other thoughts? Uh, they're talking about passing an EU-wide smoking ban here oh, in Europe. Oh, my goodness. What yeah, a mess. Pretty bad. Well, keep us informed, and thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you, 800-259-9231. You know, you can't count on the smokers to stand up for their own liberty on this. No, a lot of them think that this is a uh, that this is a, a better way to quit. I'll do it if they force me to. Yeah. Which, it, they just smoke elsewhere. Sure, it's, it's nuts. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I'd really like to see the uh, numbers of smokers that quit because, smoke, uh, because of smoking bans in restaurants. Well, I know that uh, Texas recently increased their tax on cigarettes by something like 300%, and that hasn't done anything to stop people from smoking. It's just sent them outside of Texas to buy their cigarettes. So the marketplace will just work around these uh, restrictions as much as it possibly can. The smokers will, uh, they're apparently fine with being inconvenienced, but apparently it's not enough of an inconvenience for them to actually stand up and, you know, uh, engage in civil disobedience or uh, go to the state house and talk out against this legislation. They, they very rarely stand up for themselves. It's usually liberty lovers that stand up. In many cases, liberty lovers that don't smoke cigarettes. Here in New Hampshire, that's what happened. Most of the people fighting the smoking ban here were, were non-smoking um, you know, liberty lovers. Right, and now it's been passed, hasn't it, the smoking ban in, yes. in New Hampshire? Has it been signed by the governor yet? I have not heard. I don't know if it's been signed, but it's going to be. He's already said that he supports it. Oh, I suppose there's still a small chance he'll, uh, he'll veto, but not likely. 800-259-9231. So let's talk about privacy. Something that a lot of people want, but not very many people have. And it is something that, as you'll discover, you have to actually work at if you want it. You can't just have it granted to you. And I think that's what people like the Luddite at Wired would like. And this guy, uh, he writes in his opinion column, Have you noticed? We've become a people that no longer respects or apparently desires privacy, our own or anybody else's. That's a remarkable thing when you stop to think about it. We Americans historically have fiercely guarded our personal privacy. It's one of our defining characteristics. Others who live in societies where personal privacy is so e- isn't so easily taken for granted have looked on with a mixture of admiration and bemusement. Mind your own business is a singularly American expression. But now we've allowed that birthright to be compromised in a hundred little ways and in a few conspicuously big ones by an increasingly meddlesome government. And I understand and agree with his claim that gov- government is uh, infringing on privacy. No doubt about it. That should not happen. But that's not what this article is about. It's about Google and their little street mapping, their street photo program that they've recently implemented. But So I agree with government should stay out of your private life. Um, however, I also disagree with his assertion that privacy is a birthright. Sorry. When, you, when you're born, um, you're any, it's anything but private. You're in a room full of strangers, and they're looking at you naked. Yeah, you're naked. Right. You know, um, this I've seen these little Google uh, pictures where you can kind of scan 360 around. Right, it's called the blocks. Google Street View. I've seen these, and um, all of them are taken from public property. That's correct. If a person can stand on public property and photo you in your private property or on more public property, 
I don't see what the problem is. I don't either. I mean, you you should have a curtain between you and them if you're on private property, and if you're on public property, wh- what is your right to privacy? This guy is is not the only one who feels this way, though. There were other. I had at least two other articles, more newsy style articles. This is opinion piece, mm-hmm. but I had newsy style articles with various different activist groups getting very upset about this Google Street View thing. And if you want to see this for yourself, go to maps.google.com and then click the street view, and you'll you'll see there are five different major U.S. cities that have been selected for this, where they drove a van down the streets and then they took periodic photos, 360 degree photos. You can, it's really cool. You can uh, rotate the camera around. You can go up and down the streets. You can zoom in and out. It's uh, it's a really neat project that they're uh, they're dealing with. But this man is upset. He says, not to mention opportunistic predatory marketers armed with the technology that gives them an easy entree into our into I think he means entry into our most secret places why is that do you suppose have we surrendered to big brother because you can't fight city hall or have we been lied to cajoled and softened up for so long by so much stupid television and the endless drumbeat of consumerism that we no longer care do you think you're surfing porn at home in complete anonymity do you think the government can't retrieve every single scrap of personal information you own do you think the gap doesn't know that you've moved up to a 34 waist we've been scanned cookied and cataloged so thoroughly that there are agencies and companies out there who know more about us than we know about ourselves. I don't know if that's the case. Now, thanks to Google, you can't even expect your privacy uh, to be respected in one of the most paradoxically private places around, the public street. What's that supposed to mean? How is it that the public street is a paradoxically private place? Is he just saying that because you're amongst the thronging masses, you're somehow more anonymous uh, in that particular case? I would guess that that's what he's trying to say. I'm, I've, you know, I, it seems it like a stretch. Like gook to me. Yeah, it seems like a stretch. If you're out in uh, in public where anybody else can be around to see you, you don't have privacy. That's why we call it public. Especially if someone's looking for you. If you're out in public, you are definitely not uh, subject to privacy. Anyway, he says people who don't live in big cities often cite the lack of privacy as one reason why they wouldn't. Actually, the anonymity of living in a community of hundreds of thousands of people affords a lot more privacy than one might expect, certainly more than in those cute little towns where everyone knows everybody else's business. With that part, I do agree. Um, If you're living in a small town, everyone knows who you are. You You can't get away with being as anonymous as you might in a big city. He says, or at least it did until Google came along with Street View. Now the mere act of walking down a public street is liable to get you some unwanted publicity, especially if you're captured doing something that you'd rather not share with the world. Google says Street View is intended to provide street-level tours of selected cities. While they, Why they feel such tours are necessary at all is another question. Because it's way cool will probably suffice. And you know what? I do think it's way cool. And I can come up with a, re- a, a legitimate reason for it. Uh, for instance... Before we went to our trip in New York City, Mark, I pulled up the particular location that we were going to go to on the Google Street View so we could identify the building that we were going to be going to. Of course, we'd been before, but if we hadn't been before, it might have been a little bit helpful in advance. Um, in a I city- didn't remember what the building looked like. Right. It might have been helpful in advance to know what the location looks like that you're going to be going to visit. Especially in a in a place where the street numbers may not be necessarily visible. There are some places in America where it seems like businesses are not really too interested in displaying their street number where they current you know where they are, and it's very difficult to actually find the building you're looking for. So the street view could actually help with that. But some of these people who are supposedly privacy advocates are getting very upset about it. I want to continue talking about this and find out what you think. Is it an invasion of your privacy to take pictures of you in public? 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control for you what you want toll-free. 800-259-9231, the Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. That does include, by the way, the bulletin board system. Coming up on 250,000 posts, over 1,500 people interacting. It's a lot of fun, and it's free. Head over to bbs.freetalklive.com to get interactive with us. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Pop quiz. What do Washington politics and libertarianism have in common? Answer very little. The Prometheus Institute at readpi.com is looking to make a real impact in Washington, not in 40 years, but right now. To find out what makes the Prometheus Institute different from all the other flatwater political think tanks, visit readpi.com. That's readpi.com. So a lot of people are getting upset. They're getting irate. Uh, about this Google Street View feature that they've added to Google Maps. If you want to see it for yourself, go to maps.google.com, click Street View, and then choose one of the cities that uh, they've act, they've uh, made accessible in the Street View and zoom in on it. And then you'll get instructions as to what to do. And you can literally uh, take a little virtual tour through the city, walk down the streets, turn 360 degrees, zoom in, zoom out. I mean, it's very, very cool technology. It's cool. I don't see a lot of use for it. But, I mean, you, you pointed out one that might make sense. And some people won't get to travel to a given city and might find this to be uh, you know, some sort of substitute for that. It's, and I don't think it really matters. Google's a private company. And it's important to point out, these aren't live camera views. You don't have uh, actual video footage of those intersections. They're static photos that were taken several months ago. Right. So if you're a, you were a person walking across the street at that given time that these photos were taken, then your picture is in these photos. That's right. You've been captured doing whatever it was you were doing. And some people have found some interesting things. I mean, there are a lot of pictures taken on a lot of streets in America. And so inevitably, you're going to come across some interesting things. There was one guy walking out of a porn store, another guy climbing up a balcony. Uh, there was a couple college chicks laying out getting some sun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what? whoop de doo So you're in public doing something and someone snapped a picture of it and put it on the internet so uh, so what why are you getting so upset well in this case uh the man's name is the luddite and he's writing for wired.com and he says that uh, he's properly named yeah, he says in an Associated Press story, Google spokeswoman Megan Quinn shrugs off any privacy concerns, saying this imagery is no different from what any person can readily capture or see walking down the street. And she's right. But he says, I don't know how often Ms. Quinn walks the mean streets of her town, but it's not comparable at all. For one thing, the casual pedestrian isn't staring at a computer screen with your image plastered all over it. And being spotted on the street by a single person, some anonymous, someone as anonymous as you are, is a far cry from being available to the prurient curiosity of millions of online peeping toms. You are not a peeping Tom if you're looking at footage or if you're looking at photos that were taken in a public place. Well, I suppose a peeping Tom um, could be in a public place looking into your private uh, house with, say, binoculars or something like that. If that's the case, then put up some uh, better curtains on your windows. If your, if your curtains are wide open to your living room and you're walking around naked or having sex on the couch or whatever it is you're doing that you don't want people to see, close the damn window. Close the curtains. You, it is your responsibility to ensure privacy. There is no birthright, as this particular uh, writer had suggested at the beginning of his article. There's no birthright to privacy. Privacy must be worked for. 
privacy must be achieved. Privacy must be uh, worked hard at. It's not easy to be private. No, I, I don't see any, um, you know, th- there's just not any real right to privacy. You, it, not only does private have to be worked, uh, privacy have to be worked towards, it also costs money. Because, you know, if you want your information to be anonymous, you have to go through certain anonymizing services that cost money. If you want, for instance, your financial transactions to be anonymous, you have to go through certain jumps and hoops, like like we talked to Tom earlier about getting uh, money orders and how that costs a little bit of money in some cases to get those things. But it helps you take your money out from being able to be tracked and viewed by the government. Um, so there are a variety of different ways in order to be more private in your life, but they all cost money and they all take time and effort. Now, I'm sorry if that offends those of you out there that think that privacy should be a birthright, because that's just the reality. You know, you can cry and bitch and moan all of, all you want about it, but, you know, the fact is, it takes effort. And he's still got a few more thoughts. He says, this is just incredibly vulgar. But just to be safe, Google makes it clear that it's on firm legal footing, that you have no legal guarantee to privacy on a public street. So if you turn up on street view as you're ducking into the local porn emporium, then it's your tough luck. Maybe it's legal, he says. Probably it is. So what? Being legal doesn't mean being right. And also, I'd, I'd like to add that being illegal doesn't make it, uh, you know, make it wrong necessarily either. And you can take whatever, whatever stance you want on this. Thank goodness it's legal. How outrageous would it be if you couldn't snap pictures in public? Oh, wait. There are some places where that's not allowed. Like the bridge we went across the other night in New York City, which, by the way, was a nightmare getting out of New York City for a variety of reasons. But uh, there was a sign on one of the bridges that we crossed, Mark, that said no photographs allowed. What? Yeah, of a bridge. Strictly enforced, it said. And we paid for it. Yeah. Yeah, the New York people paid for it first when they had it built, and then uh, they continued to to charge tolls across this bridge. And you can't even take pictures of the bridge? How is it that uh, taking a photograph of the bridge is going to assist terrorists? Hmm? That's what I'd like to know. But the, I guess that's the excuse. Well, if they're going to blow up the bridge, then they would probably take photos of it. But, um, you know, a, a bridge is – there's like like um, train nuts, like fish nuts, like anybody who c- collects anything, there are bridge nuts out there. Yeah, architecture Pe- nuts. Yeah, p- people that think bridges are amazing, fantastic things. They and are quite wonderful engineering uh, marvels. They are. They absolutely are. And to take away from them the right to photograph a bridge that their tax money, or at least some tax money, went – went for seems wrong to me right you could drive up and down the bridge all day long uh, that's okay uh, but actually taking out a uh, ccd device and snapping a photo not acceptable he says let's call a spade a spade here lay out all our cards on the table and use all the cliches necessary to make one thing perfectly clear google is invading your privacy for the same reason it does anything it smells a chance to make money and it's going to make money and to hell with you and your privacy Do no evil, he says. Balls. Greed, unfortunately, is another American characteristic, one that will eventually destroy us. I'm all for greed, and they're not invading your privacy. Okay? That's correct. Your statement stinks. Yeah. He's full of it. Um, That your privacy is not being invaded by Google. They drove a van down the street and took photos. If you want to be anonymous going to the porn store, put on a disguise. It's your responsibility. Does this guy would this guy get upset if there was a private investigator on your tail? You know, let's say that you and your wife are having a little bit of trouble, and your wife believes that you might be stepping out on her, so she hires an investigative service to follow you around, and they don't, you know, you don't know they're there, you don't know you're being investigated, so you don't take any extra precautions. You walk into your girlfriend's house, you don't think anything of it. 
You walk into the porn store, no big deal. But all the while, you're being photographed from afar by the private investigator. Is that an invasion of privacy? Because what's the difference, really? Doesn't seem like it to me. In the private investigator's case, you're being targeted. In Google's case, they just drove down the street. If you happen to be on the side of the road, your picture happened to be taken. And your picture may be seen by thousands of people on the Internet, most of whom probably don't know who you are. So really, your privacy is still protected for the most part, unless someone happens to know you who happens to be looking at that particular street photo of which there are thousands on Google. I mean, the odds that someone who knows you is going to see you is very slim, and the odds that someone who knows you seeing you do something that you shouldn't be doing is even slimmer than that. And once again, if you are concerned with people seeing what you're doing, it's your responsibility to keep it quiet. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. The show is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control. Bring up what you want toll-free. 800-259-9231. The single CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And that does include live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version. Both waiting for you for free. Freetalklive.com. Wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Go to NeverGetBusted.com. To view clips of the recently released DVD that has gained world attention. Never get busted.com. So, just a few more thoughts on this uh, jerk at Wired Magazine calling himself the Luddite, or I guess that's what they've named him. His real name's Tony Long. And uh, at Wired News, talking about how he's very upset at Google. Oh, Google, the evil, greedy Google that's trying to make all this money off of invading your privacy. In case you don't know, Google's recently launched a new feature on their Maps program, which, by the way, a very handy, handy feature. Uh, If you go to maps.google.com, I mean the Maps program in general, you know, you can get directions and driving directions and business locations. Yeah, I was going to say, this particular feature that we're talking about isn't terribly handy to my mind, but... The street-level view isn't terribly handy. Not not to me, but... Because the Maps program's damn handy. We were in New York City uh, over the weekend, and since you didn't get gas when you should have... We were sort of driving around Manhattan trying to find a gas station, and instead of actually run out of gas, we pulled over to the side of the road, uh, accessed some wireless, uh, some wireless networks, which probably was breaking the law, but hey, you know, got to do what you got to do. Um, so we accessed somebody's wireless network, went to Google Maps, typed in gas stations and the location we were at, and pop, 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 there they are, right there on the map, and and it's free. I mean, this guy's saying that they're greedy. The reason they're doing this is greed. And by the way, greed is, is, can be a very good thing. In my opinion, the only time when greed is a bad thing is when it's greed combined with government, government power. When government endorses a monopoly, for instance, and that monopoly gets greedy, then you've got a problem. But if a company's getting greedy in the marketplace, that's not a big deal. Because other companies are free to enter the uh, enter the arena and compete with that company. Right, as long as they're um, being greedy and only doing um, you know that which is set out, uh, you know that that what's fair. And it, it, if you don't get the government involved, then you're not 
doing anything unfair. Right. And really, is Google going to make that much money directly off of the Street Level View program? I think not. Not particularly. All it really is is just another feature for their Maps program in order to entice more people to go to the Google Maps program to get their mapping done as opposed to going to the competition like MapQuest or Yahoo or whatever other ones there are out there. So it's just it's just another added feature to what is already free software. The only way Google makes money off of their Maps program is with AdWords. And I don't even know. Do AdWords appear on the Google Maps? I'm not even sure. I've never noticed them if they do. So really, it's not going to be the most profitable of occasions for them. But nonetheless, this man is darned well convinced that the uh, you know making money is a bad thing. He says that greed is an American characteristic that will eventually destroy us. And sorry, Mr. Long, I, know, I understand you are the Luddite and everything, but boy, thank goodness for greed. If it weren't for greed, if it weren't for people in search of profits, then we wouldn't have all the wonderful things that we have. If it weren't for people in search of profits, we wouldn't have air conditioning. We wouldn't have, uh, you know, uh, we wouldn't have all the internet. We wouldn't have computers. We wouldn't have the pen that I'm holding in my hand right now. There are all sorts of neat things that we take for granted in our lives that exist because somebody said to themselves, "Hey, I can make a product or service that will solve a problem for people." In the case of the pen, it's, you know, writing things down. I can make a product or service or, you know, innovate something new to add to the pen, like the little clicky feature on the top, or maybe the little gummy feature down at the bottom that you hold your fingers on. There's all kinds of innovation in the world of, uh, of pens. Go and look at the pen aisle at Walmart. There's so many damn choices, it'll boggle your mind. And the reason all those pens are there is because those greedy companies are trying to separate you from your money. And uh, people want those different features in pens. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to go out and buy a pen, I get pretty darn picky as to what I want. I mm. want a you know relatively uh, thick gel pen mm. with a uh, clip on it so that I can uh, hook it into a pocket if that's what I feel like right. doing. And a click top rather than a pop top because I don't want to ha- take the chance of losing uh, the pop top. Yeah. And somebody out there innovated all those neat features because they were searching for profits. And if that's greed, then I have no problem with that. Because greed makes our economy better, and it makes our lives more comfortable. It increases wealth. And remember, if somebody's getting too greedy and they're raising their prices beyond market sustainable uh, sustainable levels, someone else will get into the game and compete with them. Unless they have a government-approved monopoly that prevents other people from getting into the business. That's the only time that greed can be dangerous. I would like to hear from you if you disagree at 800-259-9231. So, in fact, this guy is totally wrong. Greed doesn't destroy... It's not destroying us. It's making us better. Greed is... Providing us with better products, better services, constant innovation, new and exciting products and services. And thank goodness a lot of people are excited by Google Street View because I think it's pretty darn useful. 800-259-9231. Speaking of innovation, speaking of companies in search of profits, there's the video game wars, of which I have an update. We talked about uh, last, I think it was last year, as the PlayStation 3 and the uh, Xbox 360 and the Wii were all being launched at relatively the same time. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the console wars and just generally following the stories and all the excitement about these consoles. And, and I think, Mark, you were the one that predicted most uh, definitively that the Wii was going to be the winner in, this, uh, in the console wars. I'm not sure I did, but okay. Well, I'm going to give you the credit. That's what I remember. I could be wrong. But nonetheless, the Wii has definitely 
won the console wars. I've so seen far. a lot of commercials for it, and I haven't heard much about the PS3 since then. So, um, and I haven't had any desire to run out and buy a PS3. I did play at uh, Circuit City for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the racing games seemed really realistic, but it's I true. Done they put a lot anything. of money into the graphics punch of the, the PlayStation 3, but the Nintendo Wii, which doesn't have near the graphics processing capability, has far and away become the winner in this next generation console war, according to Wired.com with an actually useful article. Uh, that's how in 2000, thumb candy for dummies. That's how in 2003, Time Magazine described Nintendo President Satoru Iwata's conviction that customers, what customers really wanted out of video games, was simpler, more accessible entertainment, not the photorealistic graphics and massive online worlds that the company's competitors were chasing. Less than four years later, the machine that Iwata built around his controversial strategy is the world's top-selling game console. In the United States, Nintendo's $250 Wii sold 360,000 units in April of this year, while Sony's $600 graphically intense Blu-ray-powered PlayStation 3, the most high-end gaming system you can buy, props up the bottom of the sales chart like a doorstop, with 82,000 units sold. Wow, that's... That's rough. You know, I was watching one of the commercials, and they were playing either ping pong or tennis Mm -hmm. on the Wii. I really couldn't see what the game was, but I could see what the two players were doing with the Wii controllers. And you can swing them like baseball bats, or you can use them like fishing rods, or you can use them like tennis rackets. I've yet to actually try it. It sounds really cool. I haven't done it either. Um, I I just don't have that much interest in doing it. But it sure looked like fun. Um, The guy and the girl were playing tennis against each other with their Mm -hmm. uh, little wee imaginary rackets, and and, uh, they were whacking the ball back and forth. And it seems like something you could get the whole family into, like you you and your wife could enjoy playing. I'll tell you what, my wife has almost no interest in video games. Mm -hmm. When I uh, hog the big TV for video games, she goes to start and starts playing Sudoku. Women uh, were a target, as this article will reveal. It's sold out, by the way, across the globe, the Wii. Mm. Having already moved more than 6 million of the consoles worldwide in the six months since its launch, Nintendo is fighting to keep up with demand. On eBay, second-hand systems are selling for $380. Remember, retail price points, 250 In Tokyo, this, isn't, you know, this is six months later. Normally, you see the prices rising on the initial release of a game system like they did with the PlayStation 3. In this case, this is six months later. There's just a, there's a shortage of Wiis, and so they're worth a lot. In Tokyo, stores are marking the consoles up well above the retail price. Before it's done, Nintendo... they can get it. Yep. Before it's done, Nintendo believes that one out of every two next-generation game consoles sold could be a Wii, says the company's senior vice president, George Harrison. Nintendo is putting the bulk of our mass-market effort against this extended audience, creating software that appeals to seniors, women, and former gamers who had given up the hobby. It's a fascinating, uh, it's a fascinating story about a very successful underdog in this particular case. Nintendo, what used to dominate the video games market was was the underdog for a little while, and now they're back on top. 800-259-9231. You take control. You bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. Like the show, want to help support us, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You can buy virtually anything there. There are 41 categories of products for you to shop in. Everything from their huge selection of books to office products, baby stuff, accessories, clothes, man, you name it, they sell it. And... If you order through Amazon.freetalklive.com, 
and Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase, you're going to have to do the shopping anyway. You might as well do it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. My favorite feature, I think, about Amazon has to be the, the reviews. Um, it's great to be able to look at a product and get other people's experiences with it, which you don't get when you're standing in front of. I mean, I understand when you go to the big box stores, you can actually put the product in your hands, but it doesn't do much to tell you how effective it is. It doesn't do much to say, you know, is this actually a decent product? Are the features useful? You know, so I think there's really some cool, there's some real value in shopping at Amazon. So do it via Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. So the good news, uh, again, is that the Nintendo Wii has dominated the next-gen video game market in April. They sold 360,000 Nintendo Wiis compared to Sony's pathetic 82,000 sales on uh, their Sony PlayStation 3. And uh, Sony's moving a lot less. Not only are they moving less PlayStation 3s, but they're also losing more on the PlayStation 3. It costs Sony a lot more than it costs Nintendo uh, to manufacture their Wii. So Sony's subsidizing the PlayStation 3, and so they're losing money on those. Anyway, there's more to the story, but we don't have time because we got callers and we got to go to the phones. Let's talk to Dave in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Dave. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I couldn't really decide what to talk to you about tonight, but uh, right now I'm uh, calling you from the Ed Brown Signway. Uh, not the, Ed Brown, the Ron Paul Signway right outside uh, a local uh, baseball game. Oh, okay. So the streets are packed with people, and we got a couple of us here just carrying Ron Paul signs. Great. Very and good. The flags. We right. also made a, a, a turned out 11 people for an earlier sine wave for Ron Paul at a slightly different intersection. Um, but more people will probably see us at this one. Are you getting a fair amount of honks, waves, and friendly uh, gestures? Yeah, I'd say at this one, after, you know, we've been here about a half an hour, we probably had about 10 uh, friendly honks and one, Ron Paul sucks! <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how much negativity do you get when you're holding Ron Paul signs? It's usually about eight or nine to one positive. Very good. Excellent, yeah. Dave. Anything else you want to share? What are they? Uh, well, what would uh, the negatives? Hold I, on, Dave. What would the negatives be like if you're holding a Ron Paul for president sign? What would the negatives be like with the not Ron Paul for president sign? Yeah, I mean, what, what are the negatives? Oh, I mean, just uh, people just say different things. Some people will just say like something like Ron Paul sucks, and they'll say something you can't understand. Okay. Right. Um, I get, you know, I mean, any, anything I do gets that kind of one in ten negative response. It seems like it's about always one in ten. No matter what you're demonstrating for. Sounds good, right. Dave. As always, out there doing super activism. Keep up the good work. Any final thoughts for us? Well, uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on with Ed Brown, but I'm sure you've been covering it today. Yeah, we've uh, we've kept up the date on Ed Brown. He's uh, he's uh, he's still out of power. Internet uh, access for him is spotty, and I believe his phone is still cut off. So we're uh, we're keeping you informed as we learn more. And I know Lauren Canario is currently out there. Or at least the last I heard, she was out there at the Ed Brown household. Uh, so keeping us up to date and helping keep Ed safe. Dave, we're out of time. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Got a roll to a different Dave. This one, David in Montana, listening on. KGEZ. Hello there. Dave ain't here, man. What's hey, on your uh, mind, dude? Uh, ambition and greed. I think uh, greed is a form of ambition, but uh, like a lack of compassion. You know what I mean? I don't know about that. I, I think that greed is yet another one of those words that has been sort of destroyed by popular culture. It's always well, used... It, it, it entails a lack of compassion. You know, you could, you know, take something from somebody just because you could take it because you're more powerful, you know. Well, I, I see that... Because you need it, you know. You need it, so I'm just going to take it. 
I see that uh, you know be, being greedy can uh, you know people can look at that um, you know a business being greedy or a person being greedy and, and look at it poorly. But in a lot of cases, that person is completely within their rights to do so. And um, I try not to uh, get too emotionally involved. And a person who's being um, kind and generous can often get uh, good things happening to them. So that's right. um, if they being know that's going to happen, then that's sort of agreed sort of agreed too. There's nothing wrong with ambition to obtain wealth, but there comes up a time where you uh, have no compassion, where, where uh, I guess you, this uh, capitalism, I think, has a downfall of lack of compassion. Well, Dave, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I'm looking at the definition of greed here, and according to uh, Princeton's WordNet, uh, it is an insatiable desire for wealth, excessive well, desire to acquire... it's a form of ambition. It's a, evil, yeah. it's a bad form of ambition. I don't think it's necessarily bad in that if you're in the marketplace and you're greedy, you inevitably have to tone Do you down your, your ambition. you for the insurance companies to make a profit off of a direct order from the government for you to buy their product. Well, well I think anything tied in with the government is uh, is uh, is absolutely despicable and, and should be opposed. I think the government is, is the problem when it comes to greed, because government allows greedy people to actually be greedy. In the that's marketplace... That's a form of greed, I think, is that's imposed upon all of us in buying houses, buying driving cars. Yeah, you're uh, right. It, Institutionalized uh, situations like that are they're definitely... They're making us buy a product that they make a profit off of. Right, and that, that, that we may or may not right. want. You're absolutely right, Dave. We're out of time. Thank you for the call. Right. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I, I actually am looking at the definition yep. of greed here, and, and what he's saying is correct. However, greed in the marketplace is naturally uh, is is naturally opposed by competition as far as it's limited. You can only be so greedy. You can get into the bus- to whatever business you're in and raise your prices a whole bunch, but no one's going to come buy your products unless it's a situation like Dave was just describing where they're forced to by government law. And if you're a greedy miser and you, you keep all your profits for yourself rather than sharing the wealth... Uh, people begin to notice that. Um, you know, there's all kinds of local uh, and, and national charities out there that give uh, recognition to companies that donate to them, mm-hmm. um, to companies that want to make the world better and give money just for the sake of giving money. I, so I, I appreciate Dave with the uh, the correction. I think he's right. Yeah. It is a. I, uh, I think so too. It is a form of ambition. Let's continue with Todd in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Todd. Going. What's on your mind? Uh, not much, guys. Uh, I just want to talk to you about. The whole Paris Hilton nonsense that's been going on lately. <laughs> okay. Especially that's being, being covered by Fox News and all that. Right. And, you know, it, what, what really gets me is that, you know, you've got so many, um, um, so many people who are cheering on for her being in prison, which absolutely have nothing to do uh, with her being in, in prison as it is. So, and I also want to make the point, too, that uh, it's funny. I, I, I'm hearing so many people saying that, oh, she's found God. She's now changed her ways and whatnot. And, you know, while that may be true, I just find that completely silly. You know, it's uh, this, this whole idea that if we're going to put her in prison, somehow, if we make an example of her, you know, this is going to make her a better person somehow. Um, since there were no, and there were no victims involved, and this is of course another case of a victimless crime, but I just think it's absolutely insane. Uh, well, I what think, do you guys think? I think that uh, Paris has missed the opportunity to um, 
to really show one up on this judge. I mean, she could very well walk in. She's going to do the time, by the looks of it, at this point, the whole deal, one mm. way or the other. She should have walked out, gotten to that police car, and said, fine, I'll do the time, Your Honor, but I'm going to get out, and I'm going to drive a Bentley on the way home. Where are you going to go? You know, and, well, and just, you know, and it's, just it's stick it in his face. You know, um, Paris Hilton right now and her antics really make me pine for the days of Martha Stewart. I mean, that mean broad at least had the guts to keep her mouth shut, you know? Well, I, 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 can, I, I see where you're going with that, Mark, but, you know, I, I find it funny the hypocrisy of the media. Not once um, did the media ever um, complain about... Oh, Brandy Norwood. Remember the accident she got in last December? And I don't even know who she is. Kill who is she? She on collision with uh, this young wife and mother, and she died, but she ended up getting a slap on the wrist. Who is this? Brandy, the singer. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. You know, Brandy. Uh, I, I've uh, heard the uh, name Malisha Brandy. Payne. I don't know anything else beyond that. Yeah. She yeah. got into an accident and killed somebody. Yeah, and she was another Hollywood celebrity that basically slammed her 2007 um, Land Rover into a 2005 Toyota Corolla. Was she drinking? No. In fact, there were no presence of drugs or alcohol in her system. She was driving recklessly. And what about her? What's the point? We were short on time. Well, my point is that I think uh, why why was she given a slap on the wrist and she managed to get get punished, but when Paris Hilton gets into a car and she... May very well have been drinking, but there were no accidents, and she gets 45 days. Why are they? You're, you're asking why are they making an example out of Paris instead of making an example out of Brandy? Well, yeah, in that context, I mean, if I, I think that's a, I think that's a serious uh, double standard there. Paris, Paris was driving drunk. Brandy wasn't driving drunk. I mean, mistakes are going to happen, and the, the the people got into their car knowing that. Well, an accident could happen today, and I could die in it. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. It has been Ian here with you and Mark. And you can take control of the phones tomorrow night when we return with more Free Talk Live. In the meantime, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.